The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I want to talk about a TV show many of you might have seen last night on ITV, a documentary putting up with Parkinson's. Jeremy Paxman uh, was the focus of it, the veteran journalist, and in it he opened up about his battle with the illness and the impact it has had on his career. The University Challenge people have been brilliant, but I do think that I ought to stop doing it. I will be sad to give it up, but no one is indispensable. It'll become obvious that there's something funny about me. And, I mean, unusual. Not funny, funny. So I don't, I don't want to spoil it for them. Yeah, it was Jeremy Paxman uh, speaking a little bit in that uh, documentary last night, Putting Up With Parkinson's. If you missed it, I'd, I'd recommend you go back and find it on uh, the ITV uh, player if you have access uh, to it. I want to talk a little bit about the reality of Parkinson's and living with it like Jeremy Paxman has been doing since his diagnosis in 2011. And Padraig Barry is with me. Padraig, you're very, very welcome to the show and thanks a million for taking the time to chat. Um, I mentioned Paxman's diagnosis in 2011. When when were you diagnosed with Parkinson's? I was in 2012, so uh, coming up on 10 years ago this December. 10 years ago. So what prompted, Padraig, the, the diagnosis or the trip to the doctor? Well, How did it happen? How did it happen? I, I was actually, I would guess, I, I was lucky in some ways. I was, I was probably the fittest I was ever in my life. I had started running outdoors. I'd run my first half marathon. I had no indication there was anything wrong at all. I went for a physio session and the physiotherapist said to me, she said, you know, Padraig, you've got a very slight tremor in your right leg and so slight I haven't, hadn't even noticed it. I spent the next 12 months searching for answers and finally I walked into Neurologist's office in Milton Keynes, who was based in the UK at the time. He said, come on here, Mr. Barry, walk up and down that corridor. Walked up and down the corridor and he took me back in. He said, Mr. Barry, he said, I'm sorry to say I believe you've got Parkinson's. And um, so that was 12 months later, but I was still at that stage, I was still running you know, three marathons, four marathons a year at that stage. I had started taking up cycling. So I guess in some ways I was probably very fortunate that I was so fit when I was diagnosed because, you know, there's a lot of, I haven't seen the, the documentaries on last night, but there's certainly a lot of evidence emerging that one of the best ways of slowing down the progress, if that's the right word, is for people to be keep moving, keep exercising. Um, over the course of that year, then it obviously didn't get significantly worse. If you would ramped up from half marathons to full marathons, well, it didn't get much. No, it didn't get worse. I mean, I guess the other telltale signs were now that I've been once I was diagnosed, I'd be out walking my wife, and she would say, "Patrick, you swing that arm. You're swinging your right arm." That was a symptom that I hadn't noticed. The other thing, which was. I didn't have I didn't have very good sleep. I had poor sleep is obviously also a symptom. But I didn't know about those. But the other thing that happened to me during that year was that my handwriting started to disappear. You start writing something and by the time you finished a word or a sentence, your your writing had disappeared completely. And that mm-hmm. is also a telltale sign that there's something amiss, you know. But I didn't even though I I, I was aware of Michael J. Fox, I was aware of Muhammad Ali. In fact my, my wife's grandfather, he had Parkinson's before he died. It never into my head when I walked into Neurologist's office in December 2012. That's really I come up what, with. What What was in your head then, Padraig? Because you, you had you had, had a year I, of kind I, of tests and and some symptoms. I, so you must have thought I, something I, was up. 
I don't you know I didn't. I actually didn't really think because I was so I was so fit really mm. at that time. I mean, I just had no hint at all. I, I probably I suspect now a couple of doctors I went to probably knew what was going on, but obviously they weren't maybe medically qualified in order to make that diagnosis themselves, you know. What was your reaction then, given, as you say, you, you were not suspecting this? You know, a lot of people might I, suspect it. What, what, what did you think when he said, you've got Parkinson's? I, you know, I actually was, uh, I wasn't shocked. I remember reading Catholic to my wife and I, think I wasn't shocked. I was just kind of uh, very matter-of-fact about it. I, I, I was probably, uh, probably in, in some form of shock, but I was, uh, my, my reaction was kind of muted at the time. I just kind of carried on. And for the next couple of years, I still kept running kept cycling, I was cycling on the weekends, and uh, I, I kind of kept the, the diagnosis at that stage kind of private. I wouldn't say I kept it confidential, I just kind of kept it to myself. Yeah. And after three or four years then, it was, it was much harder to keep it to yourself because my tremor had increased on my right-hand side. I, just, I definitely trimmed my right-hand side. I was still running at that stage, and uh, I even completed Dublin City Marathon, I think, in 2016 with my two sons, Kevin mm-hmm. and Brendan but then I came out and I told I told my I told to a company I work for as someone would probably suspect anyway at that stage. I was on I was on medication then regular medication to four times yeah. a day at that stage. How's the health today, Patrick? Well, okay. Well, to bring you right up to date. So I I had one of the one of the problems with one of the other symptoms with Parkinson's, which can actually be a symptom of Parkinson's, or can be a side effect of the medication is something they call dyskinesia. Which is really a fancy word for a kind of uncontrolled movement. Which, if you've ever watched Michael J. Fox, you can see he kind of mm. he moves around a lot. That's what they call uncontrolled movement. And I had severe dyskinesia in my leg as the day went on. So as I, when I started in the morning, my first dose of medication I wasn't too bad. But as the day went on, I my dyskinesia got gradually worse. And so I had I was probably under medicated at that time in order to avoid getting too much dyskinesia. And my neurologist at the time in the UK he put me forward for DBS, that's Deep Brain Stimulation Surgery, which is not, that, it's not revolutionary that's been around a long, long time, but it's, it's, it has been the kind of preserve for people who are much more advanced stage than maybe I was at the time. Mm. But I, I guess they're, they're thinking, certainly in the UK, is getting stage rather than offering it to younger people so that they can enjoy the benefits of it a little bit earlier. So what DBS does, it doesn't actually, it's not a cure, doesn't slow the progression of the disease down. What it does do, it actually makes the best use of whatever dopamine-producing neuron cells are left in the brain. In okay. fact, uh, they, they actually don't know why it works, to be honest, but it does <laughs> work. So it involves putting two electrodes down on the left-hand side and right-hand side of your brain, and it's connected to like a, um, a pacemaker-type device in your chest cavity that's in the pulse. Yeah, and that that has that I had that done two years ago, and that has really helped me enormously. Now, I, I what has helped me enormously? My sleep patterns have 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 returned fairly normal because before I was dying, before I had this surgery, I used to have very poor sleep at night, and that would be followed by fatigue in the afternoon. Yeah, and so that that has. But in terms, of, I mean, the the other thing, I mean, the other, you know, people talk about Parkinson's in terms of tremors, in terms of stiffness and the slowness of movement, but there are an awful lot of hidden symptoms that people don't see, like anxiety, like apathy, like constipation, for example, like poor sleep, like weak voice. Most people with Parkinson's eventually end up with either a weak voice or a storied voice, which affects me from time to time as well. 
Yeah. So I, bringing I, up to date, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I'm still working full time. I, I mean, if I look back in the last 10 years since I was diagnosed, um, my, I'm a long suffering living calling fan. We have won four out of the five years. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. And I've been at all four of them. And uh, so, I mean, I haven't, it hasn't slowed me down yet. But I think days probably coming, all right, when it starts to slow me down. I still, I yeah. still enjoy, I still enjoy going to the, go, I say I enjoy going to the golf course. On a Saturday morning, I wouldn't say I play golf, but I enjoy going to golf course with my golf buddies. Yeah, to go for my bike in the weekend. So I mean, and I think I, I have I've been very lucky. I mean, I'm a very understanding wife, Catherine, of forty years, and my family, and also I have a very understanding employer. Well, it's it's so, great to hear that uh, things are going so well for the moment. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I I can't kind of wish you luck on the drive for five though. I can't bring myself to do it. I'm afraid, uh, Podrick. But thanks a million for chatting to us. Lisa Wynn is with us as well, uh, a specialist Parkinson's nurse. Lisa, how many people like Podrick uh, up and down Ireland? How many people have Parkinson's? So approximately fifteen to sixteen thousand at the moment, um, Kieran. The old figures would say 12,000, but I think it's increased. And those numbers they expect will double by 2040. So there's, there's okay. a lot of people living with Parkinson's around the country. And I assume that that doubling in numbers is, is just a, kind of a side effect of an ageing population, is it? Yeah, and they're also becoming more aware of diagnosis yeah. and early diagnosis as well. Myth that it's the disease of an older man is gone because it can affect male and female in their 20s, 30s and upwards. And what level of support is available or where are the shortcomings in support at the moment? So the Parkinson's Association itself offer huge support through nationwide branches. So we have 18 branches nationwide and then there's a support line which offer general support but also a nurse line which is myself. Um, so if people have any questions or can't get through to the neurologist or GP they can field it through me and then I can give them advice. Um, it's busy, but it's good. Um, well, uh, uh, if if people are listening to this and they want to find out more about the work that the Parkinson's Association do, the number is 018722340, my apologies. And uh, if you can just Google it, Parkinson's Association, and uh, you'll find out more details as well. Lisa, thanks a million for speaking to us. Lisa Wynn, it's a specialist Parkinson's nurse and Podrick Barry as well who was diagnosed uh, just shy of 10 years ago now The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.